Welcome to I Am Gaima, a podcast, a safe space to hear insightful conversations from the perspective of African diasporans. This is part two of my conversation with Mr. Sunny Sunday. In this episode, you'll get an opportunity to hear our perspective, some pretty similar on what it's like when we're in conversation with people trying to explain, you know, why Sierra Leoneans are a little different from some of the other West Africans, how we are, and what it means to really be connected to our culture. You'll also get to hear his amazing story on what it was like when he went back to Sierra Leone for the first time after a long time. Let's get into it. The language of, you know, I tell them all my parents are from West Africa, what part Sierra Leone or Liberia. What language do you speak? I'll tell them Creole. And then they're like, Creole, is that like French? And I'm like, well, it's like broken French or a patois, like Jamaican, they'll ask. And, um, I'm like, no, nah, it's kind of, kind of like British English. And then, I'll, and then I'll give them little, like, little buzzwords like, like, uh, palava. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, to argue, mm-hmm. palava. But we say plava. Mm-hmm. Or pala for living room. Mm-hmm. As a British person, a British oh, because person would that's say. That's re- really palor. P A L O R. Yeah. Right? No, it's parlor. P-A-R-L-O-R. Yeah. Okay, there you go. And then we turn that into pala. Pala. Yeah. Because we don't pronounce R's, really. We don't give a damn about an R unless (laughs) it has to do with telling someone off or, like, using R. You know, certain, like, I can't do it. We don't do the R. Leech. Wretched. Ah, wretched. Yeah. <laughs> See right there. Like usually, if you're saying something yeah. that's a little, but yeah, yeah, yeah we're not really into. Mess with the R's. We don't. We don't usually end things with R. We'll no. say it that way. Yeah. Um, well, I noticed when you were saying Creole, you say Creole. You mm-hmm. don't say Creole, and you know Creole is its own thing. It's different than Creole. Mm-hmm. So Creole is a mixture of English, French, and whatever, like, that particular, like, area, whatever their dialect is. So oftentimes if you meet somebody from Louisiana and they say that they're Creole, that's what they're expecting to hear. Yeah. And so oftentimes when somebody says, oh, I speak Creole, they hear Creole. Uh, What's the the difference? What's the difference between Creole? So so now what's Creole? So ours, Creole, is specifically um, West African, specifically from Sierra Leone. Spelled K-R-I-O. Correct. And it's a derivative of the colonial English. Okay. Right? So it's not even like... It's not just English, it's British English. Right. Right? So that's why we would say pala, which is a, de- a derivative of parlor. Okay. Whereas in America, they would say living room. 
Right. So it's not a derivative of American English. It's a derivative of British, British English. English. Yes. Right. So, um, however, there's some similarities in terms between Creole and Pidgin, which is from Nigeria, because they were also colonized by the British, mm-hmm. and they use some similar words that are derivatives. Mm-hmm. And then even the Cameroonians, there they were half of them were colonized by the British, the other half by the French. Those that were colonized by the British, their pigeon is in a way related to pigeon as well as Creole. Okay. The the common denominator is the British, the British colonists. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so what about like the, the people, like the Gullah people? Because I remember, so there, there are some similarities like mm-hmm. you're ta- like you're telling me because i remember as a kid we used to watch gullah gullah island, island. and they like it used to amaze me to hear them say certain things as a kid that my father would say mm-hmm. on tv so i definitely watched gullah gullah island but i did not pay as close of attention as i think my peers and other people did so I don't have it like as a point of reference fresh in my mind like others. However, um, shout out to the Instagram account Duam for Salon, I think that's what it's called. Um, they do a lot of like features of like in throwback Thursdays especially. Okay. And so they had a feature where they um, they reference Gullah Island, mm-hmm. but not from the show's perspective, but um, when one of the previous presidents of Sierra Leone came to the United States to visit and they specifically went to that region to connect with the people there. Oh, wow. Um, I think it was um, President Joseph Momo. Okay. So this was like, I think, early 90s or something. I can't remember, but... Whatever the time, it was definitely while he was in office mm-hmm. um, and he came and all of that. So it was like very emotional to watch um, because, you know, he said his speech in English and then he said it in Creole. And mm. you could see the people's like faces light up because they wow. could understand a lot of what he was saying. Yeah. 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 So that was really dope. Yeah. So. That's one of the places that I would like to visit. South Carolina, right? Like a field trip. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that like the people. some Sierra Leonean organization that I would not mind traveling with. I stress not mind, <laughs> not mind traveling, traveling with, with will organize a trip and to bring go them there. back. Or bring them back. What would be even cooler is to kind of reintroduce them to Oh, to Sierra Leone. To Sierra Leone. Yeah, and it's interesting because in that same clip, if I'm not mistaken, there was like a, which the reporter, you know, was, he took baskets, those um, straw woven baskets. Uh-huh. Wicker. Like wi- wicker. Yeah, kind of like, yeah. But you know, the ones that you probably have around the house, mm-hmm. you know, and um, he took it to... Um, the coast, one of the, one of the, 
communities that's coastal in Sierra Leone. I cannot remember which one, but they were speaking Creole to the lady Mm -hmm. and showing her, you know, where these, like asking her where she thought the basket came from, da, 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 da. She gave her answer and they were basically like, this came from America. There are Mm. people, your people are over there and they're the ones who made this. And she was like, and then they told her the story of slavery and she just got really sad and emotional because she didn't know anything about it. Uh, Somebody in Sierra Leone. Yes. Wow. This this was like in Sierra Leone. Yes. Wow. So she was just wasn't even aware. She was being just day 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 She was just using her own basket, like the same exact type of basket, just a little different. Right. And that's what they were using to shift the rice. So oh. they were like talking to her like this that you're using was made over there by your people. And she was just like me people then who's people then? <laughs> right you know and that's that's how that conversation I w- it was really deep wow yeah yeah it's good to make the connection um when i was in school i had uh when i was in school i was in a sociology class and <clears throat> the professor was basically talking about you know the what what makes us us right mm-hmm. and obviously clothing language food different things history mm-hmm. the culture and, yeah the culture <clears throat> and um and and without and the dangers of not having these things having these things taken away from you and and, and being kind of lost and at the time i was living in southwest philadelphia and in the hood tv hood where like you know anything that anything that's exaggerated on tv it's really uh, it's really happening here in this place so i used to be outside and um why why did, why did you choose there is because it was um it's infectious the hood is infectious okay the hood the hood is like i was in school but i was living in this community i was living at my grandmother's house mm-hmm. and she was there because you know a liberian woman coming from north carolina oh saw. my god do you know i just made that connection Y'all, the y'all all out there. Never yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Southwest. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big community out there. So that's one. There's more of us there. Mm-hmm. A cheap house, and she, she doesn't really know too much about the hood and stuff like this. So anyway, she has this house, and I'm living there, trying to save money, and uh, didn't want to spend money on campus. So, anyways, I made friends there, and uh, and after I, when my professor was telling me this i immediately thought about my friends in southwest in this hood like yo these people are are acting could be acting this way because they don't have a a point of reference this was like 2006 2007 um and somehow i just thought of what if what if we could reconnect Mm. one of one of one of one of these people, a real street guy, you know what I mean? Somebody that's not privy to any of this, mm-hmm. has no knowledge of his history, who's not even thinking about things. The guy sells crack. Shout out to my, I don't think he I don't, does any, I don't anymore. want this hey, yeah, yeah. arena to be used as evidence <laughs> in anybody's case, so let's Well, this is, this is 10 years ago, and I doubt, well, no, no, yeah, no. I, we won't say his name. We won't say his name. Um, Shout out to the homie. Skabeen. Oh, okay. Skabeen is, okay. is his, uh, I'm the plume, so there's no way that you guys can oh God. Fi- find him. But oh if he God. ever hears this, shout out to him. Okay. And um, send him the link. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna 
I'm going to take Skabine to Sierra Leone. Guy from, guy from Southwest Philadelphia, a good hood, you know? Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because um, one of the topics that I try and touch on is in general, like, how do we, how do any of these topics connect the African diaspora, A, to each other, but then B, the African diaspora and like the different communities within the diaspora, right? So you have, you know, the African that has left for other pastures. I don't even say greener anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Just other pastures. You have the African who was born on the soils of other pastures, but have a direct connection back. Right. That is the category I would put myself that in. That's me as well. Right. And then you have the the African that is Displaced. removed. Yeah, like they're removed from that direct connection, usually by slavery. Right. Right. And then, you know, generations afterwards. Right. And there was no reconnection previously after slavery ended. Mm. So your guy falls into that category. Yeah. So I was in conversation recently with one of my, my guys who was telling me how he doesn't even he doesn't like to be called black okay because he doesn't he he's like i'm not black i'm african okay i was born and raised in ghana i came here for for i don't know whatever school or whatever but he's like i don't see myself as a black man i see myself as an african man just a just quick thought when you say like like when when you said that he said that mm-hmm when you say something is black, like the color black or white, mm -hmm, even, mm -hmm. it really has no identity. No, you're right. Like to say that and something is thing. black, it has no identity. So for that's literally his thought process. And he's yeah. like, because of the fact that I know exactly who, where I come from, yeah. I, I could tell you all about my grandparents, my great grandparents, what they did, da 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 da. That is literally the difference between him. In a sense, you, right? Same difference, same thing. Like you were born here, but you, through your parents, you know exactly both sides. If you ask what it goes back to, where, what land, so on and so forth. You know what's there. ill. You know what's ill. As an African American, you write, you write, you have a history that's written, right? Right. And now you're labeled black. It's like your history has been redacted. Yeah. It's like blacked out. Blacked out. So now you're black. Yeah. And, and now, you know, the words or whatever described wherever you were from originally has been blacked out. It's crazy. And you've been redacted. Redacted. It's been, you are, you've been redacted. Damn. So anyways, I tried to remove. Mm -hmm. So I took him to Sierra Leone. You did? I did. Oh my God. <laughs> Tell me about it. So I took him to Sierra Leone. And, um. I, I saved up some money and I bought two tickets and we fucking got visas. This whole process was like you a real one. The fine. whole process was like ill because you know he thought getting a visa. Of course. Getting pictures taken. It was just he like why we gotta go to the Walgreens, yeah, son? Yeah. Why we gotta go? No, we went. We were in Philly. We went to we went to the post office on Thirtieth oh, Street. Yeah. I don't think he'd ever even been there. So it was a big deal for him. So you, you know? took him. I took him. I took what him year? Salon, 2007. 
what is his life like since? So this is this is why I was saying that you know I doubt if he's doing any of this stuff now. So we went, we you know we we uh, showed him in his his community why how he got to his community, mm-hmm. him in his community, and then him in Sierra Leone trying to put the pieces back together, you know him being him being a fragmented person mm-hmm. being taken from his his you know his history you know he's patching himself up with this and that and being a fragmented person you know no diss to him this is just it kinda, just it's uh, history it, is what, it, it just is. is what it is so he went back and the craziest thing was like he adapted so fast did he see somebody it who was, looked just like him everybody looked like him yeah it was quick he it, it was there was no like transitional period wow for him to be in a country, well, one of the first things somebody ever said to him when we got to Sierra Leone, once you know we got settled in and stuff, we went into Freetown, was, oh, you're in Africa because we're recording. I did a this was a, like a documentary that I putting was putting together, and um, you know, a guy told him that this is your country. Mm-hmm. Feel free here. Wow. You're free here. You know what I mean? This is our country. This is so. It was just nice. ill to see this. He was like, there were times. Did he cry? He got emotional one time when we were at my grandmother's house because we were we spent half the time in in, in Freetown and half the time in uh, Watello. We actually like Watello better. We like the village. The village was more pop. It was fun. I I actually don't disagree with you. The village was like I like the village. Yeah, because Freetown is so choked. Yeah, it's actually too much. Boring. I don't even want to talk about it right now because yeah. I'm gonna get negative. So he. We were sitting in my, my grandmother's house and we were just talking and I had him on camera. He was doing a, one of our little interviews and he was just like, it feels different here. And it just goes back to that same thing about he feels like he belongs. A, a belonged here. You yeah. know what I mean? He didn't feel like somebody was looking at him or didn't want him to be around. Because mm-hmm. we would because like we would go before we left, like he came to D.C. and because we left out of where did we leave out of? Baltimore, I think. Was it Baltimore or Reagan? We left out of... Or not Dulles? It might have been Dulles. I Dulles? Could have been Dulles. But in that period, like, we would go to, like, little shops and stuff, and he had a difficult time ordering something from this Belgian waffle, a waffle spot, actually. Because mm. he just never... And down in, in Center City, like, a, a, oh, a, a waffle okay. spot was there, and I was like, yeah, let's go get... This. It smelled good. He just couldn't, like, adapt to being outside of his environment. Wow. So when he was in Sierra Leone, it was crazy. Sometimes he would get lost. Like, he would just be with other people, and I wouldn't see him in the village. Like, he would be doing his own thing. What was he doing? Whatever he wanted to. We, you know, we had a little bit of Just break. playing Lodo yeah, High drink, or some shit. You know, there was alcohol, you know, whatever. Was y'all drinking palm wine? Palm wine. Totapak. Uh, and you know that shit is strong <laughs> as shit. But it was all love. Yeah. He would go to this one's house, that one's house, because you know everybody's inviting him over to of come Of course, because he's American. Come through. The kids are everywhere. The kids loving him. So he really, like, his life. He assimilated. He I just want to know, where is he now? So... The last time I spoke to him, he had moved out of his neighborhood. He had a child. Mm-hmm. And he moved with his girl. And he's like... He has a different perspective. It, it worked. And that was yeah. three weeks. So here's the irony. I knew you would be able to share something. Okay. But not... Like, this is literally like... I don't know if Sally told you about my trip. 
me and Koku when we were like on our travel binge in Africa. I remember you were gone for some time. Eight months. Yeah. Yeah. So like, this is this is what happened. Like, we first we went to Tanzania because her dad is Tanzanian. And even though he's deceased, she's always wanted to like connect with her family. So, you know, we did it. And it was like about 40 days, more or less, in like five different villages or whatever. But mm. even though, you know, I knew we were coming to Sierra Leone and we would be there and I know my country, right? I would just be chilling in Tanzania. Like I would just be chilling with her family. Like we wouldn't always be together. Sometimes I would stay in the, on the compound and she would go. Where's Koku from? Um, in the States, like the Midwest. So okay. like Indiana, Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Um, but like, we were just comfortable, like just comfortable. I think, cause of course I'm going to be comfortable in Sierra Leone. Right. But even in other countries on the continent, Uganda in particular, as well as Tanzania, you just, you can just be there. The people themselves are so engaging you'll look around and you'll see people and they'll see you and it's just all love and all smiles that i believe is like the experience that every african-american has waiting for them if they would just take a chance and go and granted i'm not saying like go on your own i think like your friend going with somebody who's from that environment is the best thing so Mm -hmm. you're not complete shock value you know oh you're a foreigner let's rip because there are people like that but once you come in with somebody who is from that country knows the environment knows the language it's probably like the most profound experience that you could have so even if i had not gone on to sierra leone on our trip Mm -hmm. i would have been so filled by my experience in Tanzania. So, yeah. One of the good things about this whole language thing is that mm-hmm. there wasn't too much of a barrier because the the Creole was, you know, he could understand some mm. of it. He could take bits and pieces and kind of move on his own and understand what, what was going on. So that was, he was able to move around and, and do his own thing from time to time. That's awesome. Shout out to your buddy. Shout out Skabeen. Sup, man. This, this is, you know, maybe, you know, this, maybe there's uh, this, this podcast kind of, you know, maybe a light of fire. I still have all my tapes. I just never really. Yo, I, that was my next question. When are we going to see this? So I edited the stuff and it, it got lost in translation. That's a whole nother story. The, the edited piece, but I still have all. You have the raw footage? Yeah, I still have my mini DV tapes. This is when we were shooting on mini DVs back in the days. We didn't have uh, the SD cards. So can you, like, convert it? Yeah, you just gotta get them digitized. Are you gonna do it? Because you just said know. it, like, oh, I can just, yeah. Are you gonna do it, though? Maybe. We'll talk about this offline. <laughs> I'm serious. We will talk about this offline. All right, that's what's up. Um, this was literally like a, um, this was like a plug. Why you need to travel to Africa. Why you need an African friend? Y'all be slipping. <laughs> now we're trending. You better get Yo, with it before we start charging. songs on the, I, on the radio. Isn't my it friends, crazy? Like, Yo, I keep this Joanna. I like, Even though, yo, like, they what? need, they need to come up with a new mix, bruh. There's so many... 
I can't with Joanna. I can't. Our auntie's been twerking since the, the 80s. Huh? They've been twerking since the 80s. I mean, I like, get it, but... I'm just saying, like, uh, the, the the funny part is, is our culture is their culture. is African-American culture, which is popular culture. Right. Right. And the dances, they don't realize that... Oh, they the, don't know. You're dancing like one of my aunties. From, Literally. Yeah. Every single one of our That's aunts. why they can feel it. It's easy for them to get into the songs. They're like, hold up. We weren't privy to this stuff. Yeah. We didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't know. They just need to... I mean, it starts... You know, everything starts as far as connection. Yeah. Connecting with any culture starts with, like, music. Music. Music is food, a good color. Music and food. And yeah. then fashion follows, mm -hmm. right? So, okay. I mean, we're in the right direction. The yeah. fact that uh -huh. people know Joanna, that, that, you know, I think is dope. <laughs> I am ready for a new mix. Yeah. I can't uh, wait till, like, like African-Americans like African -Americans go digging in the crates. And, 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 <laughs> oh my and discover Sukus. Oh my god! Pepe Kale. I don't know what they'll do. I don't know. I I like to witness <laughs> it. Like my friends that I grew up with, no, because yeah. my parents did not allow me to have friends unless they were comfortable with you know coming to the crib That's for, decent. and they they know the food, so they'd be like, oh, is there Jello fries? Yeah. Or oh. Um, did they make any pepper chicken? Oh, that peanut butter. Yeah, soup. that peanut butter I love soup. Love peanut butter soup. Yo, I think they think because it's so like, peanut African Americans soup. love them some peanut, peanant butter, butter soup, soup. Bro. and it's so funny because <laughs> Africans be like, oh, yeah, it's like because it's not a second thought. It's to literally us. like if there's no other groceries, let's eat the peanut butter granat soup. Make granat soup quick, quick. I I'm hungry. Yeah. So like nobody really considers peanut butter stew is like a big deal yeah but to them it's everything so i'm not really even into it i don't think i've ever really liked peanut butter i like it it's like yeah okay it's here no whatever. i like it like it's good but it's not it's not potato leaves it's not cassava leaves see and y'all care about cassava leaves more than me i'm a potato leaf head so white oil or palm oil um both i mean I like first choice any plus ass for me is not any plus ass Okay, and you're you're part Liberian. Do you eat uh what is that called? Um, butter. Oh no. I actually like that. It's too spicy sometimes. But I learned that I didn't grow up with that. That like came in my young adulthood. Yeah. But the one that I hate is bitabol. Bitabol, yeah. It's that it, shit yeah. is disgusting. Liberian food, all right. Shout out to all my Liberian people. But I was raised. I was raised on both sides. My mother's, my biological mother's Liberian. My stepmother, who I grew up with, is Sierra Leonean. I grew up in a Sierra Leonean household for the most part. I prefer Sierra Leonean food over Liberian food. I don't, you know. I. I'm, I'm not coercing him to say this. I'm not. Just you know, for the record. This is just honesty. You know. I feel like the like truth is easier this is, than a lie. Truth is easier than the honesty lasts lies don't and there's it's just more fire in the truth absolutely you know what i mean now i will say i do appreciate liberian's pepper soup the pepper soup is good that shit goes the pepper soup is good what else do liberians have they have this thing called slip pea soup slip pea slip pea soup it's like it's like uh with the okra no it's like white it kind of look it's like mashed peas oh i don't i don't like they I'm skin familiar. the peas and they mash the peas and they have like 
smoked turkey in it. It's good. No, it sounds great. Yeah, yeah, like smoked turkey. Imagine like mashed potatoes with like smoked turkey. It just sounds very soul food. Yes. Yeah. Well, they're African American. <laughs> and they are yeah, actually yeah. the African Americans yeah. of the uh, continent. Of the continent. Everybody correct. says that. Yeah. So they literally, they literally are. Well, they used to. Their currency actually used to be the. the and dollar. I think it still is. I don't they know. They use if it both is. the American dollar as well as the Liberian dollar. Yep. So the flag is you know, mm-hmm. American flag, one big star. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's up. No, I mean. If I was forced to eat another country's food besides my own, ooh, God forbid. For the Ghanaian, rest of, I mean, Ghana, Ghana. What about Ghana? Ghanaians. Their food is too rich. oily for me. Yeah, it's, it's too. too, too rich. I, I just like. I love watching. Um, I like red red. Red red is alright. Like I like Banku and like I, I can I can mess with it, but not on a consistent basis. Yeah, it's heavy, and it's then they want to put a boiled egg in everything, everything bro. Like, like everything. <laughs> so there's for me, if it's not Sierra Leonean, the next is uh, Senegalese. I haven't had a lot of their food, but they, the, the, um, Benachin, which mm. is the original jollof rice it's for all so of you out good. there, is, oh my God, the most official jollof Senegalese rice. food goes in after Senegalese food, um, honestly Liberian because it's very similar. A lot of their dishes are just similar to ours. So it's low key. What about in the East? I, mean, I like Ethiopian food. Some people are kind of indifferent about it, but I like Ethiopian. I'm food. not a fan. Also, grew up in the DMV, so. Oh yeah, and there's like no everywhere. choice there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, like um, they're in Jara and Dodo. Like it's cool. Directives. But. Cuts for. Yeah, like. Uh, some of it's good. Some of it's alright, but you know the most important thing is to just try because everybody's palate is different. Obviously, ours are shaped. Right. Too. So we were definitely biased and um, proud, not taking it back. Um, <laughs> are you offended? I don't care. Um, <laughs> you know, but go try it. In New York, there's definitely options. Um, what is it called? B and D is down in Manhattan. That one I don't know. It's a. It's like a. Um, I think it's owned by Guineans, um, but it's off of I think 27. So it's not far from like Penn Station. And then you can get some spots uh, up in Harlem, a lot of Senegalese and... Um, a lot of Fulanis, my tribesmen. My tribesmen. Our. Our. Why do you think your nose is that sharp and mine is too, bro? Relax. Relax. Yeah. And you're not even... Shut up. I'm just representing for my people. This is what we do. When our noses are this strong, <laughs> yeah. we have to. Yeah. Because if we don't... Stop pointing fingers. Somebody else... Are you Fulani? Yeah, relax. Cool, relax. Yeah. Fulani people are very proud people. We're very proud. We don't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. And we're nomadic, so we're chances are you're going to see us. We out here. We are. Um, and selling everything to everybody. Listen, when I go up to Harlem. You sell you sell stuff, right? I don't sell anything up there. No, I, I'm saying you are a salesperson. Yeah, but I just go up there to get my shea butter and my soap my black soap mm-hmm. for the lowest price right so once i see one of my uncles i'm like Njada. yeah 
oh and then they respond and then i'm like uncle and (laughs) the little or the big one that was supposed to be ten dollars it's five Five. and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) another fulani connection African, cute, beautiful, fun, Wakanda, fancy, stylish, auntie, artistic, tomboyish, serious, Africana, Campbell, and so much more. Pronounced I'm Young. Level up with I'm Young fashion. Visit I'mYoung.com. When is your next trip that you're curating? Are you going to curate a trip? To the continent? Like, take the the hood to the continent. Take the hood to the continent. Yo, that's a brand right there. Take the hood to the continent. Yes! (laughs) I'm giving you this. Yeah, I mean, it's... Take um, the hood to the continent. I think that that, um, if I can find some... Well, I guess now, you know, when I started this, I don't think YouTube existed. Because so, I'm surprised that you don't already have it up on YouTube. Yeah. You know, it was a passion product uh, project mm-hmm. slash do something for someone slash mm-hmm. raise my awareness slash, you know. It was a multifaceted Yeah, it was, you know, trip. do something in life. You know what I mean? Um, I think something I could make money off. You know, my intentions, my intentions, uh. We're, we're, we're on the brink of corruption. Really? Yeah. It's it, Because of the other people because, who were involved in it? No, in because I started thinking of less about the artistic integrity and more of how could I sell this? What, so what you I, compromised it. Well, I, I don't think it was compromised. I stopped it before I could compromise it. So you stopped the devil from within. Yes. My conversation with Sunny Sunday reminded me of how excited I was a few years ago when Coco Ganza and I came up with the idea to leave the U.S., escape the cold of Brooklyn, New York, and go to Africa. And, you know, it was something we just at first joked about until... She came home one day from singing on the train platforms and was really serious about it. And then it became a real passion project, which came to fruition and unfolded in a way that neither her nor I could have possibly uh, imagined. Um, What a trip, what a time, what an eye-opening, life-changing spiritually fulfilling experience. However, one of the things that was the biggest eye-opener for me by the time we got to my homeland, Sierra Leone, was how I had underestimated the effects of politics in play, um, corruption, 
in regards to government, business, etc., within the country, and how ultimately I did not feel comfortable in that I could bring people with me to Sierra Leone, like how I initially thought that I would be able to. I know that when I was ready to go on that trip, I had so many different type of ideas on, you know, once we get there, when we go to the beaches, when we go to the markets, when we go to the villages and stuff like that, we're going to shoot this and we're gonna shoot it that way. And, you know, we're gonna use that footage and just promote, 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 and get people to come and see just how wondrous Africa is. And while, you know, that was done by people, I'm sure, I did not feel comfortable doing that. I didn't feel comfortable moving forward and promoting Sierra Leone as a travel destination after what I personally experienced. And I don't know that I've really talked about that. So what was amazing that Sunny Sunday shared in our conversation, it's not that my experience was different. Spending time with my family, both in Freetown, upline in the village, you know, uh, was magical. You know, it was dreams that came true. I want to make no mistake about that. But what blew my mind was how many people, generally speaking, were extremely poor. And there was like no hope for them to get out of that level of poverty unless we, the foreigners, if you will, in our country, we're called the JCs because we don't just come. You know, uh, we're based out in a different country, sometimes just out of the country, but they usually assume, you know, offshores um, in some country in Europe or the Americas. And, um, a dabble of Australia or China, you know, whatsoever, Asia. But essentially there's this notion that, you know, we've come and we've come to blow a lot of money and they are there to make money off of that. And that's the reality. And um, it's few that are in those positions that don't look at us like that, that just look at us as, there are people who have come to visit, who have come to spend time, who have come to connect or reconnect. So they don't even have that mindset of receiving us as travelers that just want to explore, learn, connect, reconnect, right? We are, we're financial opportunities, if you will. And that's a hard pill to swallow especially if you know you realize that that's what a lot of your family members are looking at you as not some long lost relative that has come home after however many years to just bond reconnect your your money opportunity and if you fall short chances are they don't really want anything to do with you because they don't feel a bond with you it's very few that do so if I as the one who is directly connected if I feel that way generally speaking I just did not feel like I could bring 
other people into that environment with good faith and conscience. I just didn't feel that way. And so that's why, you know, I, I have not, you, you won't catch me at this point in time, even two years after the fact, encouraging people to go visit Salon. No, no. Now, you know, it's like the fears that I had about that are in play now on an international level with what we're seeing with South Africa and the violence there, the xenophobia, um, with targets of African foreign nationals. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, South Africa versus Nigeria because there are a lot, um, allegedly a lot of Nigerian business owners that have been brutally attacked. Um, and I just, it's heartbreaking. It really is. It's just heartbreaking. I know on an upcoming episode uh, with Passport to Zuri series, uh, Koku and I will talk about our one day in transit in Joburg and what that was like. What I will tell you to kind of preface is that I am definitely not in disbelief that this happened in South Africa. I'm not. I'm not at all surprised. And if anything, unfortunately, it confirms the fear that I have had as to why I do not feel comfortable with bringing people to Sierra Leone at this point in time. I'm not saying that my people are in a mind state to be violent, but I can't be sure that they wouldn't be because it is really economically difficult at this point in time. And just having somebody in your face that has it, is flaunting it, is coming up, coming into your space, setting up shop to do business, getting um, opportunities that maybe those who are based there aren't getting because they can't pay their way to the opportunity, hence corruption. People can only bear so much before they blow a gasket and there's backlash. And that's just the bottom line. It is human nature. It's the ugly side of who we are as human beings. So pay attention to the media, pay attention to the storylines, pay attention to not only what the media is saying, but how are we as Africans in the, in the diaspora, how are we responding? Because this is not a they situation. This is not a them conversation. This is our conversation because we are Africa. Many of us are not based on the continent, but it doesn't make it less of our own. These are, these are our countries. That's our continent that this is happening on. And what's interesting is that we have two powerhouse countries that are now, the media has them pitted against one another. I'm not saying that it's just the media, but best believe the media is definitely helping to dictate how this information is being consumed, therefore how people are reacting. What does it really look like? What does it really mean in the long run if South Africa is against Nigeria and Nigeria is against South Africa? What does that mean for intercontinental trading, which was the conference which was about to happen I believe this very week in in South Africa. So many countries had to pull out, rightfully so, because they cannot guarantee that their safety um, will, will be 
a priority enough of a priority and that the government will have enough control to make sure that they're okay and they're well protected and they don't have to be afraid of xenophobic acts when they come and participate in that conference you know so it's not like a blame game this is not about blame shifting this is just our reality south africa has been so overdue to do right by its people so overdue but it's not just south africa i want to make that very clear it's not just south africa the level of corruption that is in play deals that are being made behind closed doors by the top one percent or so on and so forth you know in these governmental positions it may not seem like it's a big deal but the way that they have allowed the system, a lot of these systems within these countries, especially my own Sierra Leone, to, to come into play, it's causing my country to fucking rot. And it sucks. Because the land is so beautiful and the people genuinely are so beautiful. And they use these tactics like tribalism to keep us divided not only on the continent but out within the diaspora and it's it's sick it's sick when is it going to stop when is it going to stop when are we going to come together and do right not only for the people that are based there but even like just for each other when are we going to get it together that is really the question that we are going to need to be responsible for answering this is no longer a them and they conversation <sighs> thanks for listening i am gaima is a podcast produced in brooklyn new york by song model management a special thanks to vicky cassis for producing the intro vibes for the podcast don't forget to subscribe rate review and share this podcast on spotify apple podcasts google music or wherever you get your podcast fix thanks for listening Yeah, Janelle, why are you going